What if there was a way to hack your brain? To figure out why you're not taking the action you know you need to, and why the action you are taking isn't working? Well, there is. And this podcast is designed to show you how to do that, to see your mind, to coach yourself, and ultimately to create the life and business of your wildest dreams without the hustle or the stress. I'm your host, Elizabeth Salazar. Let's dig in. Hello there. Welcome back to the Strategic Mindset Podcast. Oh man, and it's true. You know, this is the podcast where (laughs) we break down mindset so that it isn't just some airy-fairy thing, but it's something tangible you can use in your business. And in today's episode, we're going to break down the four roles that you play in your business, right? The four, oh man, right? Like it's definitely roles. I can't think of any other word to describe it. <laughs> but they're, they're the roles you play in your business. And it really is like, like even just thinking of it this way is a mindset game. Because some of some people are going to say, well, it's just you know, it's the facts, it's logical, it's what it is. But sometimes what we're doing in our business is we're just learning how to wrap our own brains around it in a new way. And often we're socialized to be employees. And so when we think about what our role is, when you go into a job, you're hired for a position. Now, there may be some like scope creep where you're doing more than one job or, you know, there's a lot of different things that go into that job. But often what happens is you're hired for a position and you do that position and you're paid for that position. But in your business, you are doing all of the roles at first. And so in today, we're going to go through what those roles are. And I'm going to explain what each of them entails. And I'm going to explain it in a way where it's where you, when you hear it, you're going to hear things that maybe you aren't stepping into yet. And other ways are just ways that you just might not have even been thinking about it. And and maybe your brain is just broken at this idea of separating out different roles in your business so that you can be in each of them individually, if that helps you. Some of you might be like, that doesn't help me at all to think of that. That's okay. You're still going to get something out of this. So the four roles that you will play in your business as an entrepreneur, the very first one is the visionary. Now, some people call this the CEO I have a hard time, I still have a little bit of a hard time connecting with that. It's definitely helping the more money I make in my business and the more years I make it and the more I take my brain to that space of having a multi-million dollar business and employees and creating something that works separate from me. But in the first few hundred thousand of my business, I didn't really ever think of myself as a CEO. Instead, I thought of myself as a visionary, but again, this might not be your words, but it's the role, right? So it's the visionary, it's the CEO, it's the person who carries the idea of where you're going with this business and the belief that it's possible. 
That's what this role is of the visionary of the CEO. This person doesn't do stuff in the business, right? They're the person who's like, oh my gosh, Elizabeth shared that she doubled her business in the first 100K year uh, five times in the first five months after making $6,000 the year before. And when they hear that, right, that visionary is saying, wait a minute, if she can do it, then it's possible and I can do it too. And it plants that seed, that vision of possibility. And the visionary is the one who holds that. This is the person who puts their eyes on where the business is going and why they want to go through the effort, the challenge, the work it's going to take to build that vision, right? Because when we think about creating something that didn't exist, it's like that's work. And one of the concepts that my coach, Brooke Castillo, teaches is this idea of 50-50. That, that life, and I, I argued against this at first, but I, I'm coming on board with it. That, but it's like, it's no matter what you do, there's going to be upsides of it and there's going to be the downsides of it. So when you think about working at a job, there are both upsides, right? They pay you every week. Uh, it's very reliable. Um, maybe you like your, your employer. Maybe you like what they do. Maybe you like your coworkers. Maybe it's really close to home. Maybe it's great hours. And then there's the downside, right? And the downside might be things like a raise is maybe a dollar raise one time a year. The downside might be that you aren't going to double your income the next year working at the same job, working the same amount of hours. The downside might be that you're reporting to somebody else and, and building their vision of what they want to create in this world, right? The downside might be the people you work with. It might be what the job does. It might be the hours. It might be the length of time you drive to your job, right? All of that. And so when you bring that over into your business, the visionary is the person who's saying having a business is going to have downsides and upsides, but here's the reason I'm willing to do it. Here's what drives me. And for me, in this category, what drives me is having no cap on me. I am so in love with this idea that I am my only limitation. Oh, that just like fills me with <sighs> empowered, right? Like, oh man, expansiveness, control, but also a sense of calm and ease. Because it's like, wait a minute, if I am my only cap on what's possible for me, there's no rush. There is no like, I got to hurry up and get there. It's like, yeah, that's totally possible. I can do that. Let's do it. And in that early stages of your business, you're still teaching yourself that. But that feeling of in control, that feeling of having no cap of what's possible, that feeling of the ability for you to double your business month after month, year after year, without doubling the amount of time you spend, without doubling your effort, without giving your family less. Like I would say you're going to give your family more when you focus on doing it in a simple way, right? So it's like the visionary in your business is the person who's aware, like, yep, it's going to be 50-50. 
and I'm willing to do it because of whatever your reason is. The visionary is going to be the person who gives direction, right? Remember, the visionary doesn't execute. So they're going to give direction. Now, you can actually do this really well or not very good at all. But when I think about giving direction, right, it's where are you going? What's the goal? And then it might even come down into the the very tiny details. But this is the part where it doesn't have to. You could be really specific with this or very vague. But it could be even down to how you use your time this week. The CEO could decide that for you. And then you could go and execute it. I'm actually just learning this part of growing a business and deciding how I use my time. And that's why I just want to encourage all of you that when you decide the goal, when you decide where you're going, when you hold that as a possibility and you just decide that it's possible for you, that's the most valuable thing you can do. And the very ways that it trickles down into the details, that's the place where you actually don't have to be super like tight yet. So right with the CEO might tell you, hey, these are the things you're going to work on this week. And then, right, the person who executes it would go do it. The, the visionary is going to be the person who believes that there is a point in the future where your goal is done and that you're just figuring it out, right? You're just in the in-between process part, figuring it out. So this person, I'm going to just repeat that, they hold the belief that there is a point in the future where it's done. Your goal, you create it. Because I want you to think about when you let yourself believe that, do you feel what it does in your body? Your body actually will relax. It's almost like it was holding its breath before and then it was like, oh, we do figure it out? Oh, good. (laughs) And every once in a while, you just want to remind yourself of that because your brain will forget and it'll start to hold its breath as though, ooh, maybe we don't figure it out. But the visionary always works from a place of belief that it's in my control to do. If it's in my control and it's possible, then I'm going to figure out how to do it. And, And just choosing to believe that you figure it out. The other thing that the visionary does is that she gets coached because a visionary knows that a business can only grow to the point of the leader, right? A business can't grow beyond the leader. And so that visionary gets her mind coached. She listens to podcasts like this. She buys things that help her shift how she thinks. Even if she only changes one thought from it, she finds how it was worth that one thought. She's constantly valuing her brain as the most valuable thing that she invests in, right? Because there's nothing. Her brain creates time. Her brain creates money. Her brain creates, okay, not actual time, right? But like the usage of time to be efficient or inefficient. Her brain creates money. It creates focusing on things that create money, And so she develops the version, that part of her that allows her to expand her awareness and her ability to create. But the the CEO, the visionary part of you is who gets coached. She's the one who's expanding her awareness of what's possible. She's the one who's breaking down beliefs and realizing, oh, I was thinking it had to be done that way. Oh my goodness, it doesn't have to be done that way. Oh, 
right? And then that like permission that, that whatever it is that she's needing in that moment, that's the visionary. That's the role that you play as a visionary in your business. The second role that you play in your business is the practitioner. So the practitioner is the coach. Now, oftentimes what we say is we're like, oh, you're a coach, but right, you're never just a coach. When you are an entrepreneur, you are running and growing a business. You are not just showing up to a job and fulfilling your role. So if you were a coach at a company, then maybe that's what you do, right? Like you show up, there's probably some admin part to this, but you show up, you have people who are already on your schedule, maybe somebody else even handles all that. And you just show up and do the job. Maybe you have to take some notes, log some stuff, whatever, right? But that would be the job. So in your own business, this is one of your roles. It is as the deliverer of your service. So the coach. And so often what I see is that coaches, they really hyper focus on developing their coaching skill. And they're like, well, if I am a better coach, then I'll have a better business. Now, I absolutely have no problem with being a better coach. I just never wanted to be on this teeter-totter of if I'm a really great coach and I have this great skill and experience, then my business will also grow effortlessly. But those two aren't correlated at all, right? They're completely different (laughs) teeter-totters. I love how we just went on a teeter-totter example because I'm like, wait, how far can I take this? (laughs) So you're being an excellent coach doesn't have anything to do with your overall business ability, but it is part of it, right? So you want to have these, these very basic thoughts about yourself as a coach, like you're capable, you are a coach, you know what to do, you can help your clients. And so if you're questioning any of that, right, that's a part you might want to clean up and work on that will make you money is believing that you are a coach that you can help people. So when we separate that out, right, so there's going to be some beliefs about yourself as a coach, and you can work on those beliefs. But when we come down to thinking about what's your role as a practitioner in your business, here's what it is, just at a very simple level. So this is the version, the practitioner is the person who shows up and coaches clients. This is the version, right? This is the role you play when you take time before a coaching call and you build the habit of thinking, right? Because when you're thinking you're not a great coach, you've actually just built that habit of thinking that thought. And so this is actually the habit of thinking about your role as a coach, so, so, so let me, let me make, let me make that even more simple, right? So it's thinking about what is your role as a coach, but spending time thinking about it. I know who's ever telling us to do this. I am, I'm telling you to do this. <laughs> so it's, it's pen to paper thinking about before client calls, what is the role? What is my role on this call? And just writing it down because maybe you're like, you know what my role is? My role is to listen to their mind, to see where they're believing something that's creating a result that they don't want and helping them process it if that's something they want to work on. 
and and you just walk through like what is my role and just keep talking to yourself about that now I just said one way you might say it but come up with 20 or 30 I'm just making that number up so if you're like holy crap how do I get to that I have no idea right but you come up with a list of different ways that you talk about to your own self what's my role here maybe you play the opposite game what is not my role on this call with my client And as the practitioner, right, you just remind your brain so that you can create that separation. Because sometimes what happens when we don't build these habits of thinking is that we start to think things like, well, my client's not getting the result, therefore I'm failing. And somebody who's thinking that thought, I know that they haven't built this habit of thinking about what their role is and what their role is not, Another thing that this practitioner does, right, this this coach, is that they think about their clients' minds. They think on purpose what they want to think about their clients, their clients' thoughts, their clients' feelings, their clients' experience, even their clients' drama. Because I think about that, right, as a as a client of a coach, right? I think about all the drama I take to my coach. And then I think about my clients and I think about all the drama that they bring me. And we have to be careful because sometimes, right, if we're not thinking on purpose, we forget that that person isn't just drama filled, but that they have these thoughts and that they have this person that they've hired to bring them to, to help them And so when you sit down and you think on purpose about your clients, about their mind, about what they want, about even why they don't have it, and you just sit down, right? And you're just making this list. You're just thinking about them. Maybe you think about what's possible for them. And I think sometimes, right, as a a coach, it's easy to keep hearing their problems, right? Because that's what they're going to bring you, what they think is a problem. And it's easy to forget what they want, and what's possible for them. And as a coach, right, in your role of delivering coaching, there is a space where you're just, you're building the habit of how you think about your role, how you think about your client, and how you think about what's possible for them. Another role as that practitioner, right, the deliverer of coaching is the version of you who gets off of the call, right? So you you get off of a call with a client and you check in with your own thoughts about the coaching, about the client, right? Anything that came up for you, but just taking a few minutes to ask yourself like, oh, what are my thoughts about that? What came up for me? And just having that awareness and and letting yourself process through it and just see it all rather than what I see so often, which is like shoving it in the closet and hoping it goes away or just not dealing with it right? The version of you who coaches their clients shows up to calls, right? On time with a clear mind, ready to focus on your client and then does for that entire length of time. They end the call at the time that the call ends, right? You see like that's what that role of you does. The third role that you play in your business is in terms of marketing and sales. 
So this is the version of you. <laughs> I know you guys are going to love this description because I think when, when some of you hear marketing and sales, it sounds like this big thing that you have to spend years learning and is very detailed and maybe like sleazy and you have to push people to do things. No, none of that, right? The version of you, the role you play in your business for sales and marketing, this version of you loves what she sells. I want you to think about that. That is the number one quality of somebody who is excellent at marketing and sales. They love what they sell. Now, are there people who are trained in the skill of marketing or selling who could sell anything to anybody? They could not love it. Yeah, I'm sure that there are, but I don't think that there are very many people like that. And then I think even if they do exist, I think that their lack of love for it will still come through. And so when you're thinking about your number one way of being excellent at sales and marketing is simply loving what you sell. Now, let's think about what do you sell? Because you're listening to this call, this call, (laughs) this podcast, you're probably a coach who sells coaching. So so what are you going to love? You're going to love the the impact of coaching. You're going to love the impact of coaching on humans' lives, on how they feel, on how they experience the world, on how they show up. I think about even on the impact of how, like when I coach myself or when I get coached, how it impacts my family and who I am showing up to them. It's loving every bit of it, even loving, right? Whatever result you sell, like the impact of them creating that result or getting themselves closer in that journey. So when you're thinking of your number one asset and the number one skill in sales and marketing, it's loving what you sell. I can't say this enough. Everything that you love, you sell very easily. Now, what does that mean? It means you talk about it. You talk to people who might like it. When they don't want it, you're just no big deal. You're like, oh, they didn't want that. That's so strange. But you're not like, right, if if you're selling them something that's you're not invested in, you're not going to like ask questions or be curious. You're just going to be like, oh, that's odd. Okay. But when you're doing it in your own business and somebody says no, that's when you get more curious. You're like, huh, right? I just must not, I must not have communicated this in a way that they were able to hear it. I'm going to try it in a different way, right? You start changing the way you do it to be like, hmm, that did not create the result that I want. How else can I say this, right? But it comes from this place of like, they really need this. This is so amazing. And I don't have, I don't care if I have to say this 5,000 different ways, I'm going to figure out how to say it right? That's marketing and sales. This version of you, right? The one that does marketing and sales, they might actually feel uncomfortable, but they're willing, the version of you in this role are willing to feel it in order to speak to their people, right? Because why? It's that sense of I'm willing to put myself over here. I'm willing to grow myself and be uncomfortable in order to serve you, not at the sacrifice of me, but knowing that I grow as I learn to help you. you, When you're in this role, this version of you loves her people. 
I know that sounds crazy, right? Marketing and sales boils down to loving what you sell. And oh, by the way, loving your people. (laughs) Isn't that so fun? And I don't just mean the ones you currently work with. Now, this kind of crosses into that visionary mode, but she's loving the people she doesn't even work with yet, but she knows she will. She's loving this idea that those people exist and that she's just speaking to them right now and loving them so much that she's willing to show up today for the people she knows she's going to be helping at some point in the future. This version, right, when you're in this role, this version of you is using your own work to change your own life and is just in awe of the tools you have and what's possible with coaching, right? Again, do you hear that? Your transformation, your awe and delight in coaching, your mental state of just being at peace, of loving your life, of feeling calm inside of yourself, of not needing anything from anybody, but just doing it because you want to, because it's fun, not because you're trying to get them to validate you, right? That is being excellent at sales and marketing, loving what you sell, using it on yourself, transforming yourself, being in that constant state of delight in how powerful your tools are. Because it's like when when the hardest time that coaching is like coaching is hard to sell when you stop using it on yourself and realizing how powerful it is. It's really hard to sell then. <laughs> but when you're using your coaching tools on yourself and you're watching those little shifts in yourself and you feel that difference, it's so easy to be like, oh my gosh, people need this. Not just those words, people need this, but that deep sinking through your body, like, ah, I know this at such a deep core level. I feel the impact of this and I know that they can feel it too. This version of you, right, the one that's in marketing and sales mode, believes that her people exist. She gets into spaces where they probably are and she speaks to them right? She's just serving them exactly where they are. This version of you hones her skills. Now I see a lot of coaches who because they're not creating the results that they want, they hone their skills from this this place of insufficiency. From I'm broken, I'm missing something, I'm doing it wrong. And so they hone their skills from that place of brokenness. But no, no, not this version of you. She hones her skills in marketing and sales from a place of sufficiency. She knows she's already pretty good. And she loves using marketing to get into her client's head even more. To help them hear her in a way that she didn't have a skill at before. Because there is a difference when you read a marketing book or a sales book or whatever, right? And you're reading it from this place of just lightness and fun and like, you know what, if I just pick up one new thought, one new way of thinking that that person thinks that I don't, this whole book was worth it. Or I could stop the minute I get that that thought. If I pick up one new technique, That's totally, that's all I needed. I could put the book down and come back again later, right? That's how the person who's in complete sufficiency is doing it. 
But when you're not in sufficiency and you're trying to build your skill from a place of your current skills kind of bad and it really needs some work and oh my gosh, if you don't get it together, it's never going to work, right? Like you see how it starts to get panicky and frantic. That person listens to 12,000 hours of podcasts. They are constantly, every minute of the day is like, how can I listen to something more? How can I be consuming more? They aren't letting one thing be just a brilliant thing and running with it. They're trying to, to like pack in as much as they can because they're believing that they need more help and they're just, right? Like, but it never works, never works, right? And, and you might come in and out of that. And so that part of you who's like, yep, I'm already pretty good. And you let your brain see how that's true, I am already pretty good. I just need one shift. That's it. That'll be super fun. I'll run with it. And then you let that, like your body will actually relax into like, oh, just one. Okay, we can work with that. The fourth role in your business, it's it's not glamorous, but it's just that admin. It's just that role that's just getting things tidy. I think about what does an admin do? They check email, they send emails, they make sure the taxes get done, um, maybe some money management. And, And I want you to keep in mind that this version of you in this role She loves her job too. (laughs) Every version of you, she loves her job. It just doesn't serve you. You would have a divided business. If you think about this all being you, but you show up to marketing and sales and that person feels like, ugh, I'm like scamming people. I hate this. I'm awful at it. I don't know what I'm doing, right? They have this like self-belief about themselves that they're not good at it. And then they go into maybe coaching and they have this belief like, well, I'm pretty good, but really I need to do, right? They have this like lacking belief there. And then maybe they go into their vision and they're like, well, maybe it's possible. And then they go into admin and they're like, I hate all this. Or maybe if those other three areas of her week, maybe you're loving the admin area because you're like, oh, I get to feel productive and accomplished. But I want you to think about loving all of these areas, Having a consistent way of thinking about yourself and about your business in all of them. Thinking about yourself that it's possible to get where you're going. That you are the exact coach you're meant to be right now. Because there is no scale of excellence. There is no like voting. You just are who you are today. Same thing with marketing and sales. Like a lot of people choose to believe that they aren't great at it rather than just believing I'm actually pretty good at selling. Like I've sold something before and people wanted it, right? And finding how that's true, even if it was a school fundraiser in eighth grade, right? Seeing how it's true. So the admin part of you, right? So she loves her job. She answers emails. She sends things to people. She posts on social media. Notice admin you and and I think this is actually a really cool where you start to get into some some ways you can play with your brain but it's like who's going to create your content in your business is it the visionary probably not it's probably the marketing and sales role of you or maybe it's the practitioner right maybe the marketing version of you gets together with the practitioner version of you and you're like talking after a coaching call and you're like hmm I just did this call how can I use this to help that person that I know is out there And that just hasn't, 
they, they're still in the, the space of deciding to work with me or they don't even know I exist yet, right? So those two roles get together and create something. But admin you is the one who takes it to Facebook or Instagram or wherever and creates it. Now, why is the separation valuable? Because when you're on social media, maybe you don't want to be sitting there scrolling. Like, why would admin you be doing that? She wouldn't be. But marketing and sales you, she might scroll. She might justify it with like, well, I really need to check on this group I'm in. Or I need to connect with people and I need to reply on posts and I need to do this or that. But you would want to be really clear then like, oh, am I on social media to be in marketing mode? Or am I here to be in admin mode and put something that I already created here? That might help you. You might not want to think about it like that at all, but it might also help. The other thing that admin you might do is she learns her money. She plugs her numbers in to a spreadsheet and she gives it to the visionary so that the visionary can look at the bigger picture of it, right? And notice how important this is because you want to know your numbers, It's one of my favorite things. I have this spreadsheet. I've had it. I used it for the first probably two years of my business. And it, you know, I would update it monthly and then it would tally automatically to one spreadsheet where it would would put every month of the year. And what I loved about it was that I got to watch my business change and ebb and flow throughout the year. And so when I would look at that as the visionary, right, the admin version of me sat down and figured it out. She loved that role. She loved getting to go through the numbers and feel accomplished and productive and, you know, all those little things that you can't stay in that space though, right? Because marketing and sales, you has to be in a different role, a different space. But admin, you can be pulling those numbers so that when visionary you is looking at, okay, what are we going to, what's our goal for this month? And maybe she looks at like, what have we created this year? You, I never make a goal from that. I just decide, right? Like, what am I going to create? But then you might like visionary, you might be looking at the numbers for the year and just like basking in possibility because our brain doesn't remember this stuff on its own. We have to go and show it. And so a simple little thing, like, like looking at your numbers and thinking thoughts about them, that makes a difference. That's how I know that I doubled my business over every month, just having so much fun and delighting in it that first 100k year. Because when I look at those numbers, I I was because I didn't even know I was doing it until like the third month when I I mean, I knew but right, it wasn't this like, oh, I'm gonna do that. It was January was a $1,500 month. I had a $6,000 year the year before. So January was a $1,500 month, right? And I was like, I don't know. Can I do that again? I don't know, right? And I was like, okay, nope, that's not going to help. And then February was a $3,000 month. And I was like, wait a minute, that's really interesting. That's double, huh? And so when I thought about my March goal, I was like, you know what? This is just ridiculous. This is crazy. I've never done this before, but it's possible based on what I sell it's possible to create a $9,000 month. And I just like rolled that possibility around all month. And I played with all of my doubts, just like I teach you in my daily work. I didn't squash the doubts and fears. I let all of it come up. You guys, because even until the minute I did it, my brain was like, I don't know. So I was, I was, I had all of it happening. But when I look back, Even when I got to the end of that year and I look at that and I remember it, my mind doesn't remember that. 
unless I take it there on purpose. And so then when I look at, oh, year one was 120,000 and year two was 300,000. And I just get to think thoughts on purpose. Like, wait a minute, we're in an industry where we can just double our business every year. What? That's crazy. But that's information that admin you has to to pull for visionary you. So visionary you can spend time thinking thoughts about numbers on purpose. Right. And then I think about sometimes we don't double. Sometimes we try to double and we fail. That was my last year. (laughs) And my failure was 370,000. So this year, I'm going to make a million dollars or I'm going to fail and get somewhere in there. (laughs) I just love that. I love thinking that, right? Because notice what I'm not doing. I'm not putting any pressure on myself, right? The visionary version of me is like, it's totally possible. We're doing it. I don't know in what 12 months for sure, but I'm going to try for these ones, right? I'm going to give myself that, those boundaries, that discomfort of narrowing the space And I don't know for sure that I'm going to do it, but I'm going to choose to believe anyways. And I'm going to remember why I want to so that when I notice that the practitioner, no, not the practitioner, the marketing and sales version of me is kind of slacking off a little bit. Visionary me comes back in is like, wait a minute, why are we doing this? I've got to remind her of what we decided we were creating and remind her of the, the, the timeframes we chose and why we wanted to do it to right, bring up all the junk. And then practitioner me coaches and hones the skill and develops the, the habit of thinking, right? And so every version of you, all four of these, these versions of you are, are playing part in your business growth. Whether you haven't signed your very first client yet, whether you've signed five clients or whether you've been doing this for years now, there are these roles you're playing in your business. And as you embrace them, as you see each of them, it allows you to develop them and develop yourself as the entrepreneur in your business, growing and hey, maybe even doubling because why not every month? in every year and building exactly what it is. You just have this inkling of possibility right now. Okay. I hope that this just breaks your mind, bends it, does all the good things as you think about your business. Okay. I'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for tuning into today's episode of the Strategic Mindset Podcast. Before you go, take a minute and leave a review and hit that subscribe button. (laughs) These are actually the only two ways that I have to know who's on the other end. And so if you haven't already, do those things and I'll see you next time. And I'll see you next time.